Hi, this is Levi. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to take a quick minute to introduce a few of the other podcasts in the WCF Podcast Network. Tom and Naomi are exploring how we interact in our ecclesial relationships in From the Platform. It's a very in-depth series that is incredibly helpful for understanding and developing compassion and better listening practices. That's From the Platform. Sam Taylor from Cleveland, Ohio, produces weekly devotionals in Pause to Consider. Think uh, Mr. Rogers meets uh, Fireside Chat. I love Sam's humble style and think every episode is fantastic. You can find both of those wherever you get your podcasts or on our website at wcfoundation.org. Now, here's the show. Welcome back to A Little Faith. I'm here with Tom and Naomi. How are you guys doing? Hello. Good, thank you. Very well. Uh, You guys are the hosts of the From the Platform podcast, and I'm excited to talk today about kind of that podcast and your guys' journey on there and where that's come from and where it's going. Uh, But tell us a little bit about yourselves for someone someone who's never met you guys before. Uh, So we've been... We've been married for two years, um, coming up to three in yeah. October, um, and we live in uh, what is currently Drizzly, West Bromwich, mm-hmm. which is like north of Birmingham in the UK. In, right in the middle of England. Yeah. It's yeah. near a place called the Black Country, um, which is particularly fun for like... Beer and chips. Chips, curry <laughs> houses, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, I guess another interesting thing about this is that we've been married for nearly three three years but we've known each other since we were 14 yeah yeah i had a crush on Naomi since about that time yeah Yeah. and it wow didn't even enter my mind that (laughs) um to think about tom in any other way apart from friendship (laughs) we won't go into how that all worked its way around to get married um uh, (laughs) so you're a speech and language therapist aren't you yeah, I am. Uh, for the NHS. Uh, and I am a music support worker for a charity in Oldbury as well. And I, I do that and I manage my own uh, business for an app called Over Here, which is a geotagging poetry mobile app where you go and it's like Pokemon, but you go and collect poems from places. Oh, wow. That sounds cool. I've got to check that out. Check it out. Check it out. And um... no poems geotagged to um, America, I'm afraid. Unless you put them there yourself, of course. I could set myself up as the only, you know, the king of the king of America. <laughs> uh, that's funny. And the podcast. So, talk about how you kind of had that idea and how that started. So, Tom, it was originally your idea, wasn't it? I think um, particularly you had some frustration about watching the way people spoke about. Um, their beliefs and different ideas about stuff and, mm. and maybe particularly people who you knew personally who you knew could have really sensible conversations and really had really great things to say but maybe when you watched them communicate especially on an online setting you maybe had some frustrations about it or thought there must be like a better way of doing it yeah um like you know when you've had a really good conversation you, like with someone and you've really clicked and yeah. like you get a really good energy from it and you go away from it kind of having uh, felt like you've, you've, you've developed in some way and, you, and, and doors have opened uh, to, to ways of thinking. 
and um, I just saw the opposite of that happening with many people, like uh, just the doors shutting and mm-hmm. um, ideas closed down. And I thought um, there, there must be something um, that we can we can do about this and thinking thinking kind of logically about it. And um, I kind of just started the podcast, I guess, after reading one book that really mm. put the finger on on the whole on on part of what well I thought was I thought I put the finger on the whole problem but it turns out it's like <laughs> just it, opened it a just opened <laughs> podcasty work many uh different ways of, of, of kind of approaching conversations and that was Jonathan Hyatt's book yeah that was the righteous mind yeah, and that, that was, was like, really cool okay this needs to be this needs to be spoken about but I thought an exhortation material doesn't really often venture into the psych- psychological territories and stuff so I thought maybe a podcast would be a better way of doing it and framing it in a kind of um okay what what is the culture of Christadelphia um I think we've had a few conversations before where people are like well I I think we should just read the bible um and wait for the kingdom no no like <laughs> I think we should just read the bible as the first century church did and without any bias uh, and it's like mm-hmm. yeah sure <laughs> but uh Ideal, I, ideally yes yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and, and I think they claimed to be doing that. And it was like, well, I think we need to be aware of where we've come from as a community. Yeah. Um, and I think that will shine a light on. And it's impossible not to be biased about things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Quite a lot of stuff. And, 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 and yet, yeah, I feel like where we've got to with the podcast has really kind of met that aim. Um, I, I just certainly didn't have the answers when I started it and I don't have them all now. But like, I feel like we've really turned over some heavy heavy things kind mm. of and um, yeah it's been really interesting because I think first of all so we both read that book and we both really enjoyed Hyatt's ideas about like the moral matrix and really thought gosh this really applies to just any kind of so his book more specifically talks about disagreements and discussions over politics but it just seemed like wow this is so applicable to people talking about really emotive things in church mm-hmm. um yeah, and no, I can't, especially you just wanted to tell everyone about it. So I think the first episode is just you on your own, is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And we sent it to a few of our friends, and then someone said it's, uh, well, you sent it, and someone gave us the feedback, or gave you the feedback of it's better if there's two people talking, like mm-hmm. thinking about um, what's the Tim Mackey podcast that he does? Uh, the Bible Project. Yeah, so Tim, the Bible Project. Tim and Project, John, yeah. you know, friends, yeah. friends of ours. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. So then I sort of joined in as just someone to sit and ask a question occasionally. Um, But then I've tried to take it a bit more seriously as time has gone on, especially now being part of the WCF thing. I became a bit more aware that I needed to maybe do a bit of (laughs) pre-reading beforehand. (laughs) So now it's a bit more balanced. It's both of us kind of really talking about stuff and thinking about things. Yeah, as a fan of the show, it definitely definitely is better with both of you. I think it's a, a subject that you do kind of need, like, okay, and if this, then that. Mm-hmm. Right. So, mm-hmm. and that really helps having, I think the second person say, wait, so then the consequence is this, right. Yeah. And, yeah. um, that's interesting. You talk about the format, how you kind of felt it was more of an idea first that then you decided this is best, maybe best addressed as a podcast instead of, I think the other way around, like some people will think, I would think, well, actually I'll say for me, for experiences, like I would like a podcast to talk about things that are on my mind or whatever. Or like maybe I would like a podcast. What could it be about? You kind of address. You're you're saying that you address it like, oh, here's a really important idea. How's the best way to share this? Yeah, uh, and I guess it was just like 
culturally podcasts are now a way of yeah. delivering kind of long form pieces of material. Yeah. And you have a music engineering background and stuff, don't right. you? Like sound engineering. So the yeah. The, um, Although the, the last episode's not testament to that because I kind of scuffed up the recording. <laughs> it sounds really <laughs> funny. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think that's that's one thing that someone should understand if they have never listened to an episode before that your podcast is actually episodic, as in you need you kind of do need to start at chapter one. I don't think I don't think you would lose anything if you jumped in the middle that much. But I think it is it is really designed or written in, in a way it would otherwise be a book. You know, thirty years ago. Yeah, and you're, yeah, yeah. And instead, you're sharing this big concept mm. as a as a podcast. Yeah, I do find series. the ideas do kind of stack up mm. on top of each other, and they're all like um, they're all tools. They're all kind of um, I think in the last yeah. episode we said like they're, they're they're like maps. They give you a broad outlook, but they're like they're like big maps. Like they like give you broad outlines for things, like most psychological tools do. They're not yeah. they're not going to be. Uh, really really detailed and specific but they're just going to give you like an overview of like how the shape of things kind of fit together and so they're all like different maybe parts of the the puzzle different Mm. sides of the perspectives that you can get and if you can um if you can hone your skills in in those things especially like listening techniques and 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 having that self-awareness to use these things and be like okay i can feel now the situation i'm in i can you know i can understand why that conversation was really great and lots of energy kind of came out of it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i can understand why this one's kind of stalling and and it can could become frictitious if you're not careful with it yeah and we often um, often an idea for a podcast kind of comes from you, doesn't it, Tom? So you'll be, these are kind of the ideas that often you're thinking about and then you tell me about. And I often have to ask you the question, well, how does this, how does it apply to our podcast, which is about raising our own self-awareness of like our own biases and what we bring to a conversation and enabling good conversation within the Christadelphian church because it is it is very specifically a Christadelphian podcast isn't it yeah and then I think that then helps Tom's quite nebulous ideas to kind of then hone down into what's actually something yeah. we're going to talk about that kind of yeah I go down rabbit in, holes yeah we try and kind of keep that theme of self-awareness and good conversation <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it is interesting because I think the I don't think the title I think the title makes sense once once you do know what the podcast is about, but it doesn't really tell you exactly that it's like this is actually about how to communicate inter inside your your church or inside your ecclesia. Like, how is the best way to to meet someone when you need to discuss something, um, and what are the things you need to recognize? How do you change minds? You know, how how are you open to having your mind changed, and how do you you know, have an effective, an actually effective argument. Yeah, mm. definitely. I mean, argument, I mean, argument like in the, in the, in <laughs> like academic sense, sen- yeah. Academic, <laughs> sense. Yeah, academic sense, like, uh, you know, an effective argument is a, a good point, you know, yeah. that is defended, that is, that is supported, not really a, you know, a good argument doesn't mean a real vicious back and forth full of excellent quips, you know, yeah. that's not the, that's not the definition you, you talk about here, but mm. How has the content changed over the... It's two years. You've been going on two years. Yeah, it is a long time. I guess I would say... So it is is often um, Tom's ideas and stuff that he's been reading and listening to. And it's generally your... Tom, it's your um, interest in kind of like psychology and all that kind of stuff and philosophy. 
so yeah, so I guess it's kind of moved with all those sorts of things that you've read and watched and then the, mm. through the conversations that we've had and the things we've been interested in. And then I guess my kind of thoughts of honing it down and kind of pushing it forward. Yeah. And we did things like, so we had, uh, we were, um, we had when we first got married. We always said we should have relationship counselling at some point because we mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. of our friends had said how good it was, and we um, we started that kind of last year, but then it got stopped because of the whole global pandemic thing. But um, yes. through yeah. that, she also taught us about some really interesting things, and that's where mm. um, the. Um, transaction analysis yeah transaction analysis is from and all the kind of attachment stuff as well which is really interesting so it's Mm -hmm. really interesting to hear about that and there's always something where you think oh that's relevant for when you're having discussions as well Mm -hmm. of course Mm -hmm. you need secure attachment in that situation and Mm -hmm. so I guess to me I'm quite surprised at how kind of very specifically psychological it has gone in terms of psychological theories I think for me for me it started as a yeah let's let's look at the layout the the culture of Christadelphia and kind of pick it apart and see where we've come from see um see how that has influenced the way that we maybe interpret the bible I feel like we I've only just got to that in the latest episode I feel like Mm. um that was kind of the aim and then but it kind of we started with the Jonathan Hyatt book and it went quickly into self-awareness Mm-hmm. the idea of like yeah how do you have a conversation how do you have a, a, a constructive debate with somebody is actually first to integrate in yourself um yeah all of these things about bias or, yeah, just or be aware of all of the stuff that's going on there yeah about what your Which is... taste bud moral taste buds are and all these things and then yeah in the most recent one it's kind of worked its way out to that kind of more community scale mm-hmm. again yeah and that's, that's humility. Like what you're talking about, I think is to me, self-awareness is a close cousin of just being humble, right? Being and recognizing where your own essentially, essentially shortfallings are, because that's mm. what they are. Your bias is a, is something that holds you back from understanding exactly what someone else mm. is talking mm. about. Yeah, um, I think as well, like self-awareness is about knowing what you're capable of, knowing just how, how capable you are to um, maybe have a conversation in bad faith like how you know i'm capable of like throwing in maybe a curveball and derailing a conversation and i have the power to do that and it's like understanding where why yeah what your mm. need was to do that in the first yeah place, like yeah. was it because i needed more control in that situation was it because i i became i was like scared about something changing what is it about those things and that kind of shadow side of of uh, mm. the conversation and, and your own behavior that you need to kind of pick apart and analyze and go what what are my um motives for kind of maybe doing that sort of thing Mm. and uh how can i be aware of them be conscious of them so that i can control actually those things and and make sure i don't do that and allow for actually the other person to speak more and 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 ask them like questions to to bring in uh more of an understanding of what they're saying before i try and chuck in my ideas as well Jumping back to something you said near the beginning of this conversation where you said that, uh, you know, there are many in our community, I would say, and it's, and it's a position I've thought in my life too, where it's like, actually, is this worth discussing because we're not listing a bunch of Bible verses right now? And, you know, you are discussing, you know, very important, really psychological things, right? Mm. But I think, I do think it is very correct to, again, understand how your brain works, where you're coming from, what are your, like, like, like talk about bias as an example again, you know, what is your natural bias? 
Um, and that is that makes for an effective connection again with your brothers and sisters, but even mm. effective Bible study, you know, like we can, or, or, or Bible reading, just we can understand that, wow, I'm really turned off by this story, but that's because I am the person I am, mm. you know, and just understand having that health. I think that emotional health and that, that psychological health uh, or strength clearly makes us connect better. I think I would argue better with the Bible, with, with God and with Jesus, but also definitely like clearly better with, with our community members. Yeah. Having that vulnerability. I think we've used like, we've used the word humility. We've used the word self-awareness. And I think vulnerability is like a, a third leg on that mm-hmm. thing. Cause that's the thing that means you, you kind of offer up to your brothers and sisters something that goes out of your control and says, yeah, actually this passage, I, it really makes me feel uncomfortable. Or, mm. uh, you know, I, um, I think as Christadelphians, like the, the highest, um, rank is to kind of be, be the person who can synthesize all scripture into a, into a smooth, like <laughs> story that, that there's no, there's no lumps in it at all, but to be the person that comes and goes this, I can't fit this in. This doesn't make any sense. I've really struggled with it is to show some vulnerability in our community and to say, actually, yeah. Um, that's, that's, I don't get that. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I, I remember the first, I feel like I remember clearly the first, cause I can think of the guy's name. The first time that I heard someone say like, like, cause someone asked a question about the chapter that he had just done. He's like, yeah, I don't understand that verse at all. I'm still working on it. And you'd be like, man, like that felt so good to hear you say that. <laughs> because I don't understand this verse either, you know? And that's definitely, uh, something I try to do, like in my conversations with people, it's like, yeah, I get this. I don't really get this part. Mm. Yeah. And I think um, as well as you get older, particularly if you come from a fairly conservative background like me, when you've heard someone be able to give an answer for absolutely everything, you start yeah. to realise some of those answers must have been, fudged. you know, yeah, fudged. There must have been some of those answers where someone was just pretending that they knew or just making something up, which then starts to really disintegrate your kind of faith in the whole thing, really. Because it's like, mm. one, no one can possibly have all of the answers all of the time. Mm. So, yeah, to hear someone say, well, actually, no, I don't know about that. It makes you feel, have more faith in you, more feel that what they do say with conviction is genuine rather yeah, than... Yeah you know the way we speak together is to just feel real conviction for absolutely everything mm. and and it's yeah. interesting that answers to everything is really testament to where christadelphia comes from culturally mm. in terms of the era that it came out of mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. like it was a it was a time period in the 1800s of like yeah science will give you an answer to everything um that mm-hmm. modernism era um yeah and kind of academia like... and um and debate is the the highest level of yeah, kind of studying and engaging with anything, and that's become a very kind of Christophian thing. Mm. And I think, um, mm. yeah, kind of Levi, how you were saying that talking about these things can feel a little bit non bible So I know sure. there's a few times when Tom's maybe used some of these things in a Breaking Your Bread, and I've said to him afterwards, like, that, I, that was really interesting. However, I think there were maybe a lot of people who just want to come to the Breaking Bread to hear a very traditional talk to hear the kind of same things because actually it's the not the content of the talk that's important it's just the tradition of the breaking of bread that you hear all the same yeah. lovely things that you have a lovely feeling that it makes a um a certain atmosphere that you 
there's a completeness to it. Yeah, it yeah, and that's nicely. what some, someone needs for the breaking of bread, rather than hearing about, you know, attachment mm-hmm. theory or something like that. <laughs> but it's, yeah, a podcast or something like that really addresses that gap for helping people be in maybe not that space where they want to have that tradition or that ritual to kind of step out and listen to other things to make you... Um, yeah, just kind of reverse any kind of stop you becoming so insular as a group of people and just, uh, yeah, let you step back and listen and think about other things that then you can zoom back into the detail again to mm-hmm. apply to Bible study and, and debate and mm-hmm. discussion between people. Yeah, yeah, it is really interesting that like the technology of, of podcasting has literally created another platform, like it's created another space it's kind of quite individualistic i guess um, and everything everyone tailors their own experience but um whereas you would have had like bible class for like you know maybe picking apart stuff and really studying hard and then the breaking of bread for more of a devotional kind of experience and i, I guess you would have had like other platforms like cyc or youth group to do more pressing questions but it is interesting how a lot of our peers are listening to more content and other other kind of ideas through the podcast kind of medium yeah i'm obviously a huge fan of podcasts and i think we've talked about this internally at wcf too there's like there are podcasting people like there are readers still i think there are still people who read and consume information that way Mm. there are podcasters like listeners and then i think youtube or visual people Mm. is is absolutely a whole other new market if you would like i think the Christelphian community is very much used to the readers and has been doing a great job servicing the readers. But now there's mm. really two other streams. And I think auditory, like Christelphians have been recording talks forever too. So if you were, if you were always someone who could listen, but I think podcasting has made it easier, made it a lot easier to yeah. be a listener. And it's changed the um, format as well. It means you don't like, you just get straight into it. Like, yeah, obviously with, with, with even with yes. recorded talks, there's like a, you still hear the president. You, they sometimes mm-hmm. still include mm-hmm. the hymns and the prayers and the everything else. It's not that they're not important. It's just, but for for solo kind of listening, uh, that's kind of more of a communal sort of format. And this is kind of like it, when you just want to get into the, the the meat of the stuff and have a think about something, and it's like straight in with the topic. Yeah, I think the numbers that we get on on these shows is is still incredible to me. There's not that many Christadelphian people in the world, let alone and then half <laughs> only you know. Less than half of those have the technology, I think, to, mm. to be listening to podcasts. Yeah, and true, yeah. a large, a large number of those listen to podcasts. Like it's kind of amazing to me. Um, you said something about uh, this is, I guess, this is just an aside, but I just love this quote. You talked, you're talking about how you you felt like you were shoehorning this information into an exhortation, and it doesn't fit. Um, <laughs> C.S. Lewis has a quote about kind of order of service and how church should be expected. Like how things are going to happen at, at, mm. at church should be expected. Every service is a structure of acts and words through which we receive a sacrament or repent or supplicate or adore. It enables us to do these things best. If you like, it works best when through long familiarity, we don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. As long as you notice and have to count the steps, you're not yet dancing, but only learning to dance. And um, I've always loved that. Let There's a, he calls it the liturgical itch. When someone says, well, we should, Sunday needs to be different every time. And I think there's, I don't think that's like the nail in the coffin there, never change your order of service Mm -hmm. kind of conversation. But I do think that's a really true statement that I do kind of want Mm -hmm. an agitation that I expect, you know, (laughs) not, not something that just doesn't 
fit, you know, and, and, uh, and that's because I actually don't want, I don't want to be needing to listen hard. Mm. You know, you kind of want, you kind of want to be worshiping, you know, I, I kind of do want to know exactly when the songs are coming up mm. and when the yeah, prayers yeah. are coming up. And that is really um, important. Like, comfort. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we were saying, um, I think the last, I'm going to refer to our last podcast that we did again, because I think it's yeah, the good, one that kind good. of sums something up nicely. It's the idea like when you, when you realize the utility of that sort of service and you're conscious mm-hmm. of it, that's great. And it, and, it, and it forms part of a menu of ways of kind of your ecclesia provides to coming to God. Serving that need, yeah. Yeah, and it serves that need and you do it consciously, but it's not at the expense of all other ways of kind of um digesting information yeah because i think as well particularly Mm -hmm. christophians coming from a kind of scientific academic thing and particularly not liking kind of maybe evangelical style of worship and service um there's an idea of like oh no it's not about just getting swept away with the emotion of it you know all of this has meaning these songs have meaning and all this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff whereas actually i think embracing the, the spiritual spirituality and the idea of a ritual that you're doing that Mm -hmm. kind of is equally as important and kind of maybe speaks to a different part of your brain and it's something that's comfortable and predictable and and it kind of really serves something Mm. but then of course you Mm -hmm. then need a different and 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 yeah being aware of and this is why we're doing this to kind of serve this ritual and need that people have and but also providing another space for Mm. kind of other things to be I think there's about, an interesting yeah. paradox in things like prayer like when we pray we are doing it because we want to pray to God because God has instructed us to but I also think mm-hmm. it's and it's so much like God to do this it's God gives us prayer as a gift to us because it has mm-hmm. a utility and it mm-hmm. benefits us and I think it's similar with with different um formats and meetings it's like mm-hmm. let's understand mm-hmm. what the utility of these things are is and be conscious of why we're doing them in this way and so do it deliberately it, and do it yeah. deliberately and so it serves that purpose and if um you've you've kind of gr- maybe feel like you've grown past that or beyond that don't throw it out with the with um like your old way of doing things like bring it along with what you're going to do next and make sure that you mm-hmm. kind of find space for it as well because you you soon find after you've not been doing it for a while that that you you, you there then, was a use to it there yeah. was something about it that you kind of yeah gave you some structure or some some benefit um but yeah jess and i talked about this at the kind of the beginning of the um quarantine or the shut or the shutdown because all of our meetings closed and we all you know mm. us and i think everybody kind of switched to zoom and the first couple of days i didn't i'm i'm, I'm a person that wears to Wears a tie on Sunday. I just kind of always have. I'm, I like. I kind of just like to dress up. I dress up for work, and um, so I've always worn a tie on Sundays. But but the first couple of Sundays I didn't, right? Because I was just home. Hmm. And then I I told Jesse, you know, what? I'm gonna put a tie on because I'm not having the greatest Sundays, and found it so much better. I think I was also getting more used to the stay at home life. You know, mm-hmm. it was a little easier for my mind to for my worship to kind of come. But I, I I wore a tie and I wore a tie and I wore. Uh, you know, long pants and socks and did the whole Sunday dress up thing and dress, I dressed the baby up. We have a two year old and you know, put her in a dress and, and cause, it, cause it's Sunday, you know, and this is, it was kind of, it was kind of funny because uh, I, I think I felt a difference because it is my ritual, mm. you know, it's like completely my ritual. 
And it, it, this is when I sit and read, you know, and I read the readings and I, you know, this is when I sit and pray and I, I kind of wear a tie on Sundays to do that, you know, mm-hmm. otherwise I didn't feel the same. It was kind of very interesting, definitely a lesson I learned from the Yeah, that's really fascinating. And I guess the danger comes when you maybe try and enforce your own rituals that really benefit mm-hmm. you onto yes. other people. And then mm-hmm. for other people, it becomes... Um, yeah, something oppressive that they really resent doing. Mm-hmm. But you can look back and understand why people love to hear the organ and they love to hear all these things. Yeah, or but how actually, they, wearing a tie makes you feel a certain yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, but as long as you've got a choice mm-hmm. in it, isn't it? Yeah. And it's interesting. So, like, it, rather than, like, say, yeah, come down on someone and say, I, why aren't you wearing a tie or why aren't you doing this or, or, or that, it's, it's like almost inviting them into the ritual instead and saying, hey, do you know, have you ever felt different when you've worn a tie? Maybe it works for you, maybe it doesn't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's more of an invitation to kind of enact a ritual with somebody mm-hmm. um, rather than in, enforcing a set of rules onto somebody. Um, uh, and, and then equally the other way around, like, have you ever have you ever gone to the meeting and not worn a tie? You know that might you know, that you know. Maybe, yeah, what does yeah. that do for you? Does that make you you know open up some other doors? Like join that ritual with me of 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 being a bit more free spirited or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The alternative. But that is, yeah. But that is recognizing that it is a a bias, you know. And I, again, mm-hmm. again, that is vulnerability. Is what you're talking about. Is that becomes a that becomes a need to you know for me to say that well this is this is what works for me and this is why and the truth mm-hmm. is because i wore a tie my whole life that's really the, you know that's the only answer yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, is that and you know don't start using a bible I, I, verse to back it up <laughs> yeah instead of stretching the bible verse i think mm-hmm. uh so yeah that's a, a, a really really learned that that is it's part of my sunday mm-hmm. to, to put my dress socks on you know, yeah, so, yeah. Okay, <laughs> getting my mind ready you know and like that. dress fun. up the baby just have to be. Look good on Sunday. So, uh, Do you ever uh, try and like get your dress socks into oh. the camera in any way? Like no. just... <laughs> the, the, f- the funny thing was though, the first Sunday. So I think it was the third, like our third stay-at-home Sunday. Mm-hmm. I put the tie on. I log in before we start. You know, looking at all the screens on Zoom. I'm sure we've all been doing this now. Oh yeah. And I saw and I found two other people wearing ties, and I said, Yay. "Look at the look. They did the same. Tie they did the same thing. And we, we come from very different backgrounds with those mm. two guys but it, for me it was almost it was like a unity feeling too like oh mm. good like mm. yeah. you know you you decided to dress up on sunday too you know it was mm-hmm. a funny uh funny just yeah definitely a funny feeling mm. but what what's um next i guess for the show what are some ideas that you're looking forward to getting into we haven't really thought about anything i have oh <laughs> we had we had a few things that we ended up not doing so i um what brought this on I think I listened oh I listened to an incredible podcast by Nomad which is about um domestic violence and I found it Mm. absolutely fascinating and then thinking about the kind of very small um signals that were given about sort of gender and gender roles growing up in church and for this lady who was interviewed by Nomad the actually really horrific outcomes that there can be and she also spoke Mm, about the fact that you know, domestic violence is so, um, it's so common. And actually, mm. you kind of, you put everyone at church on a pedestal, don't you? But actually, in our community, it must happen because that's what the stats say. And I had so many thoughts about it and all these things about, and I read lots of other things about kind of gender in the Bible. But in the end, 
kind of thought I think it's maybe also to my confidence in kind of bringing like something that was purely from my brain as a topic for the podcast Mm. but also I also just felt I'm not sure if actually this goes towards the aims of our podcast which were about kind of self-awareness and good discussion or at least I hadn't sort of honed it to Mm. anywhere so that's something that I decided not to kind of put forward. Yeah. Yeah. But it's something that might kind of have an influence mm. in the future. Something we I, because uh, we, we did talk about that together. And since the, um, the racial tensions um, mm. have mm-hmm. kind of become more into the public eye again, I've been thinking about, so we had a, an interesting chat at Hansworth about um, what it, what it means to be black and Christadelphian. Um, yeah, that was really fascinating. And and that's an element of self-awareness because you have to have... And I think so it does tie in with the gender thing. It's like... Oh, definitely. I think with your with your example was if you read... If you'd suffered from d- domestic violence and you read through Judge's chapter... Mm. Uh, it's one of the la- latter ones where the, the, the lady just kind of gets... Yes. Horrifically yeah, treated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. and, and, you know, we read that and... But even the way that kind of, you know, Abraham um, took um, slave women as his wives, that kind of stuff, it really kind of opens your eyes and you think, gosh, in a situation where, you know, you just go around to your lovely auntie and uncle's house and everyone's passing around cups of tea and someone says, oh, let's do the readings. And you read something like that, that actually, when you look into it, is very, very shocking. And everybody... Mm -hmm. And, you know, just kind of the platitudes maybe happen and everyone goes, oh, yes, and that's why we should read our Bibles or that's mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. you should wait for the kingdom or something. Yeah, and well, actually well, the unconscious things that weren't spoken about, they all sinks in to people to think, oh, well, clearly that's not something we talk about. Then we don't talk yeah. about violence against women or we don't talk about these things. And what's the wider implications of that? Mm-hmm. But Yeah, yeah, it's those unsaid mm-hmm. things. So it's like if, if we skim over those um ideas mm. like if, if no one stops and says well first off this is horrific yeah and what's the then, um, <laughs> then it's like what, what are you know yeah, when that goes unsaid what are we doing say? Yeah. yeah and the, in the black lives matter movement there's something sort of like is it something like your silence is deadly or your silence is dangerous or silence is a weapon or something yeah, yeah kind yeah. of actually how dangerous is the unsaid stuff that we don't mm-hmm. talk about yeah really. yeah and maybe there could be a ritualization of when you read that passage you acknowledge the horrific act that happened and you say that this is abhorrent wow, that's bad. it's yeah, just exactly. like yeah someone yeah, says I think it there's... Out loud, yeah sorry yeah i think there is a, a real need, especially in the racial and our, or kind of after the killing of George Floyd, uh, you know, a month ago is, um, there's a need to kind of say some things that I think many people would assume are basic, right. Or like, mm. we don't need to say that. That's so obvious. It's like, no, I think we do need to be saying this stuff now because it's mm-hmm. to some people, it's not obvious, you know? And I think that silence as a weapon is kind of like, it, it's a really interesting idea or like your, you know, your, your silence is your, is your complicitness. It's like, mm. I don't know that, I don't believe totally that I'm, that I now am complicit if I'm silent. Like, I'm not sure about that because I think the only, you know, the only judge is God, you know, instead of and not really other people. But I, but I do believe that it's the time to say things that might otherwise be obvious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like it really is the time to say, um, you know, that racism is real and has affected our society for 400 years. Like that's a, or mm-hmm. in North America specifically, mm-hmm. you know, for, like for 400 years that we've had a, we have a big problem that is, that 
continues to exist. So that's like a, that's a good statement to say. And someone, someone may say, well, why do we need to say that? You know, it's so obvious. It's like, well, it's not, you know, Mm -hmm. that's what we've, that's what we've been shown now. Yeah. Yeah. So you think, you think you will have an episode kind of on that stuff or? That's what I'm thinking for August is like self-awareness on race. So just like, I mean, I, it feels weird doing it as two middle-class white people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I think it should be like race and gender because they're two things. It's like these these are things you bring to the conversation. Um, Regardless. Like, like yeah. if you're a white male, you have the self, if you have the self-awareness to understand that you are the dominant voice that most people hear in the, in the community, um, you know, what does that mean? Yeah, what, what's gone and said. So that, that's, that's going to, yeah prepare for that one and then um good yeah good i'm excited about see that. where we get with it yeah yeah well thank you guys this has been really great i mean i hope that more people tune in and listen if they haven't been already it's a great show and thank you guys for all the work that you put into it obviously people can find it on our website um, wcfoundation.org or any of the podcast channels mm-hmm. it's there and um thanks for your time i hope you guys have a great rest of your night thank you yeah thank you